Hello friends, welcome to a uh, Tuesday edition. I'm trying to let my computer catch up with me. I, it says I am now live, so I'm thinking that that's true. Welcome again, this is Bill Allen coming to you from downtown Tyler, Texas, uh, where we've got a little bit of relief. I think it's only supposed to be around 98, 99 degrees today for the high. So we're loving that, so to speak. Uh, and I hope that wherever you are, you're having a good day and that things are going well and you're feeling the presence of the Lord. On Tuesdays, we're looking at a daily devotional book, My Utmost for His Highest uh, by Oswald Chambers. And um, today is a, uh, a, a, we, a few days of uh, readings uh, that come under the topic of resting in Jesus. I thought that was a very interesting uh, topic, and uh, I'm looking at, uh, hopefully you're able to get all of this. I'm seeing some warnings on my computer, but hopefully that's working out okay. But in these readings, there are some interesting uh, comments from um, from Oswald Chambers as he talks about this thought of resting in Jesus. We talk about trusting in Jesus, looking to Jesus, uh, all of those kinds of things, but resting in Jesus is a is a wonderful thought and it's um, I, I think it's very much related. Since is in Acts 26 when the Apostle Paul is uh, telling his story, telling the story by telling his story. I hope you do that every so often. And as he does that, he is uh, preaching to uh, the Roman governor, uh, Festus, and the king, Agrippa, the king of Judea, and a man very familiar with the Jewish way, and so very familiar with what was being done and said in uh, Christianity. And so uh, this very new faith, which end of that chapter, uh, Peter writes, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good. And so suffering comes somehow or another through the will of God. We don't like to think of it that way. I did have a lady at one of the churches. I was a preacher four years and years ago. And she asked me, Bill, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I'm, I've ever been persecuted. I, I've had a good life. God has really blessed me. And I just, I, I don't know that there's been any about his suffering in very positive terms in 2 Corinthians 11 and 1 Peter 3 and 4, as we see here. Uh, in Philippians 1, as we're seeing on Sunday mornings in our sermon series. Um, um, and I think that this is the point. We're not choosing to suffer. It's not like we want to suffer. We're choosing God's will. And if that puts us in a position where people uh, are, are prone to persecute us or we have to suffer in one way to the Father, can we do that? If you can do that, then you can rest in Jesus. Whatever the future holds, whether things work out well for you or you have to suffer some uh, and sacrifice, uh, we understand that that's, that's what Jesus called us to do because that's what he did. Um, Jesus did not feel sorry for himself, uh, but he loved others enough to where he was willing to endure even painful death for us. And uh, and he was he was scared and he was depressed and and God comes to him in that uh, gentle whisper that still small voice um, there towards the end of First Kings and um, and he asks him what are you what are you doing here and he says well I'm I'm afraid I they've killed all the prophets and now they're trying to kill me too and I'm the only one left and 
and God helps him through that. He has him walk, he has him exercise, he has him eat, he has him drink water, he has him remember, represents the type of separation uh, that we have when we're no longer in fellowship with someone, when we don't have them with us. Perhaps you felt that with the loss of a parent or the loss even of a spouse or a child, the loss of a brother or a sister, the loss of a very close friend or a mentor in your faith, a, a wonderful church leader. And now you have to put to the test what you learned when you were with them, the kind of things that they taught. And so it's a, it's a wonderful thing for us to put into practice what we learn while we, our Elijah is with us and then put them into practice when we're alone on the other side of the Jordan and we realize now God has called us uh, to live that way. Will we rest in God? Will we trust in God during those times when now he's called us to be the leader? He's called us to do his work. He's called us to rest in him when things don't look quite like we had hoped they would when things don't look quite like we think they should look I think that's the lesson that our friend Job had to learn will we trust God when he's not acting the way we think God should act we realize that God is in sovereign control of the world but we we realize that and accept that more when the when the sea is calm our lives and we love those times and we do as much as we can during those times but it is when a crisis arises that we instantly reveal upon whom we actually rely it's when our feet are held to the fire that the truth comes out um, we talk a lot about the difficulties of the times these days and how how hard it is compared to just a few short years ago to maintain biblical values and to fulfill our suffering. But what we have chosen is to serve and follow Christ. And so if that leads us to a crisis point, it leads us to the storm and it leads us to suffering even, to having to sacrifice things for the sake of, of God and his will, then, then we'll do that. Why? Because we're resting in God. Uh, this is the process of sanctification and and making us more in the image of Christ. Make sure we are resting in God. Can you do that? Do you trust God enough that even in the midst of the storms, you do what you have to do, of course, but ultimately you're resting in God. You have that relationship, that intimacy, that trust, that faith that you can rest in God even in the midst of the storm. I love this line from um, Max Lucado and 